What up, Bridge Youth? How you guys doing? You good? Hey, turn to the person sitting next to you. Tell them, you look good. Turn to the other person on the other side. Tell them, you look all right. But hey, by the end of the night, like Wyatt said, you could... You don't got to walk in the same way you came in. You might have came in looking busty and crusty, but you could, <laughs> you might look, some, hey, some people are fearfully made. Some people are wonderfully made. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not up to me who is which. And my wife told me to stop. So I'm going to move on to, hey, welcome to Bridge Youth. Uh, so glad you guys decided to come and hang out with us in the midst of your busy schedule here. You, oh, what's up, Kevin? What's up, dude? Good to meet you. Hey, good to see you. We met on Sunday, yeah? Right? Yeah, good to see you. Um, I, like, totally just put you on blast. Like, hey, dude, how you doing, man? We met on Sunday. It's great to see you, man. It's good to see you, though. Seriously. You good? Awesome, dude. You having a good week? So cool, dude. We're just going to hang out and talk now. Everyone's just going to spectate. Uh, seriously, though, if you are new, um, we love meeting new people. We think it's, like, the coolest thing in the world that, like, brand new people would come and hang out with us and spend some of your time with us. We think that's so awesome. And we like welcoming our guests in a way that never, ever gets old. We like saying we're here to build you up, not we love you. We back you. Thanks for coming and hanging out tonight. I'm excited for tonight. Um, here's the thing. We have only got three. Somebody say three. We got three Wednesday night services left of 2023. Only three, dude. And then the next time we'll get together is in 2024. Dude, 2024 sounds like a fake year. Like, it doesn't, it sounds like the future. Like, we should have flying cars by now, right? Like, Elon Musk, get your act together, buddy. We need flying cars, all right? Um, but, like, I just want to encourage you guys. Let's end this year strong. Let's finish strong. We've got three more services. Be here for all of them because tonight we're kicking off a brand new series entitled DIY, which of course stands for do it yourself. It comes from this idea of these like projects that you take on yourself instead of having somebody else to do these projects. So open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6 if you've got a Bible. Open to Matthew chapter 6. Um, who's ever been to Ikea? Anybody? Whoa. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> she said, me. <laughs> I love Ikea. Oh, my gosh. Um, you, did you know Ikea is the number one furniture store in the entire world? It's, no, it's number one. I Googled it twice. Number one. Here's the interesting thing to me about Ikea being the number one furniture store in all of the world. They make you put together your own furniture. I'm like, yeah, you buy unassembled furniture and then you do it yourself. You put together your own furniture, right? So that's something that's so interesting to me because it seems like what Ikea has discovered is this sort of... Um, this sort of self-assembly causes the customer to value at a higher level that which they purchase and bring into their home, right? Because, because the work isn't all done for you. Like the hard work at Ikea, the hard work's done for you. The stuff's been designed, it's been put in a box, it's got instructions, all of that. But there is, uh, on almost every single item bought at Ikea, there's a tag that will read, some assembly required, which like honorable mention, we almost named this series, some assembly required. 
And so it is with your faith. See, like all the hard work's already been done for us by Jesus, but there's still some assembly required. And the thing is, is that your faith will grow, gain value, become real, and get solid when you walk it out yourself. Look at your neighbor. Say, walk it out. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second. Tell them, now walk it out, now walk it out, now walk it That was a banger from like eight years ago. Um, Here's the thing that like I really hope happens in this series. I hope you realize that the things of faith have not been designed to only be walked out in church. One of our greatest hopes at Bridge Youth is that you would take this stuff home with you. That you would walk it out yourself. That you would have a DIY faith that you yourself walk out. Because that's when faith becomes real. So in this series, it's going to be a three-week series. The last three weeks of this year. And we're so intentional about that. Because these three things that we will walk through, our hope is that we end 2023 with these things so that you can carry them over into 2024. And that it would set you up for the greatest year of faith in your life. So we're going to talk about three things. Somebody say three. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about the gospel, understanding it and sharing it. And then we're going to talk about Bible study and devotional time. So tonight our topic is prayer. Everybody say pray. How do you spell pray? Somebody's. There we go, yeah. Just making sure we're all on the same page there because I swore I heard somebody say P-R-Y. Like that is pry. That is what your mother does when you change the password on your phone and you're trying to hide something from her. She pries. But we're talking about pray, 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 pray. Here's your sermon in a sentence. If you're taking notes, I need you to know this. If you're taking notes, I love you more. You're my favorite. God loves you more, and when you get to heaven, you will get in earlier, and your mansion will be bigger. If you're not taking notes, God will not send you to hell for all of eternity for not taking notes in church. He might send you for five minutes. I don't know. It's not up to me. But if you're not taking notes, you're definitely finding a hair in your next milkshake that you order. Or boba, either other one. Um, seriously, this is, a, this is a series where you want to take notes. So if you don't have your notebook with you now, bring it next week. But if you don't have a notebook, open your notes app, throw your phone on airplane mode, and get ready to take some notes. Here's your sermon in a sentence. If you remember nothing else, remember this right here. It is a doozy. So pay attention and absorb this. Prayer should be viewed as a privilege, approached as a priority, and believed to be powerful. We're going to leave that on the screen for just a few minutes, but I'll say it one more time. Prayer, it should be viewed as a privilege, approached as a priority, and believed to be powerful. The first part, prayer, it's got to be viewed as a privilege. Think for a moment. If you could talk to anybody on the planet right now, who would you talk to? Who would you call? If you could have one hour of anybody's time, what you would do is you would probably choose somebody of great importance, somebody of of high, high value. Well, most of us would. Some of us would be like, I don't know, Lizzo. (laughs) like, uh, Like, I don't know why I said, I don't know Lizzo. I'm like, don't, YouTube, don't shut off our live stream. Maybe she is like 
awesome. Maybe she's not. I don't know. Um, <laughs> some of us would probably choose terrible people. But either way, what you would probably do is value the time that you have to speak to this person. Dude, you will never, ever move forward in a life of in-depth prayer if you don't learn that prayer is an absolute pr privilege. Wrap your head around this, you guys. God is the creator of the universe. We are talking about all-powerful, all-sufficient, all-loving God. And we get to talk to him. Dude, that is like... If that's not mind-blowing and you don't see it as a privilege, if you look at prayer as this sort of obligatory duty, that's like a big word. Also, I said duty. Um, if you see it as an obligation, if you see it as a religious checklist, dude, you are missing it. God is all-powerful. He's amazing. He is a God that when he opens his mouth, he creates universes. And you and I get to talk to him. So in seeing how much of a privilege it is to get to talk to God, to get to pray, and he actually hears our prayers and responds, then we've got to make it a priority. It's got to be a priority in our life. And once we see it's a privilege and once we make it a priority, we've got to believe that prayer is powerful. Because I'm telling you right now, prayer changes things. Somebody say amen. Come on, has anybody ever prayed and God answered a prayer and you saw a breakthrough and something happened? Like, I know for me, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen God answer prayers. And so one more time, our sermon in a sentence, prayer should be viewed as a privilege, approached as a priority, and believed to be powerful. All right, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 13. Would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? We are going to read what is famously known as the Lord's Prayer. This is where uh, Jesus literally teaches his disciples, his followers, how to pray. And then we're going to dig into this and pick it apart. A few verses right before that. So we'll dig into a few more where he tells us how not to pray. And then he tells us how to pray. Verse number five. If you're there, say amen. Who's got a paper Bible? Dude, you all should bring your paper Bibles, dude. Amber's paper Bible is dope. Look at that. Hold that paper Bible up, Amber. It's got like a lion on the front of it. It looks like tattoo art or something. Not that tattoos are cool or anything. Don't make your parents email me. <laughs> I'm going to get an email tomorrow. You think tattoos are cool, Corey, and now my 15-year-old won't stop bugging me about getting a tattoo. Okay, chill. <laughs> Verse 5. When. Everybody say when. Not if. When you pray. Don't be like the hypocrites. We could just stop right there, dude. Like, so good. Anybody, just, anybody else just like, like you're tired of the hypocrisy in the world? So much hypocrisy. Jesus says, don't pray like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners um, in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. This is what I'm talking about. DIY. This isn't something that you just do in public. Yeah, it's fine to pray in public. But you don't do it for the sake of a spectacle to have everybody see how spiritual you are. No, he, Jesus is like, those people, no, dude, they, God is not even going to answer their prayers, bro. What you need to do, go home. Know God personally, relationally. Go in your room, close the door, and have a conversation with your father. 
who knows and loves you. And then he goes on and he says, and when you pray, don't babble on and on as high school girls do. Uh, Gentiles, my fault, my fault. <laughs> they think that their prayers are answered by merely repeating their words again and again. Like, he's like, don't be these overly ritual, like ritualistic religious people that just repeat words and babble them on senselessly. He's like, dude, have some heartfelt prayers. The best prayers are real prayers. That's what he's talking about. He says, don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. But pray like this. Somebody say, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be holy. I love the King James Version that says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then he says, May your kingdom come soon, and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Before you sit down, let's pray. God, you are so good and you're so faithful. God, I pray that tonight we would have this sort of introspective eye, that we'd look into our own hearts, God. And I pray that tonight that you would just show up in such a way, teach us some things about prayer. God, I pray every single person in this room, leader and student alike, all of us would leave with this like hunger and thirst for prayer. God, that we would leave realizing how much of a privilege it is to get to talk to you, to pray. God, that we would leave, God, just, just like making it a priority to pray. God, I pray we would put it in our calendars, God, to pray. That we'd be so intentional about it. And God, that you would just raise our faith to believe that prayer is powerful. God, that when we pray, you go to work. And God, from there, that each of us would go into the next step and the next depths of prayer in our personal lives. And God, I do pray right now, please, Lord, help the Raiders at least get second in the division. God, we're sick of hearing people think that the Broncos and the Chargers are good. They're not. Help us because we know we are your team, God. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. And God, help all the Padres fans in the room as they're trading away all their good players. <laughs> have you ever, um, you ever, I have a cough drop in my pocket. Let me give this to you, Amber. It keeps bugging me. You can, you can eat that if you'd like. Um, have you ever seen somebody do something and you just go, why? Why? Ladies, hey, all the ladies in the room say, hey. Ladies, you ever see a girl wear something and you're like, why? She wears lipstick and you're like, girl, it's not your color. Oh, why? And it's like, it's so tough because like, here's the thing, girls. Like, say she's your friend, bro. Say she's your friend. What do you do? Do you go and tell her? Like, girl, why? Why? Or do you like, no, oh, whatever. Like, do you keep your mouth shut? Okay, girls, like, how many, you, you're having the conversation with your friend. You're going to help them out. How many girls, you're like, I'm just going to leave it. I'm going to leave it alone. I don't know, dude. I, I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer. I'm just saying, like, you go, why? Dude, why? You ever see someone do something, you just ask, why? I remember one time, um, uh, so I grew up white. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know what it is about, like, I, th I think that this is mainly unique to white folks. Um, for some reason, like, the, the white kids, like, 
don't know how to say this and make it not awkward. Like they bathe with their siblings, okay? Do you guys not bathe with your siblings? You see what just happened, bro? All the white people are like, yes. And like everyone who's not white was like, I don't think I ever did that, bro. So I was probably like, dude, I want to say I was like four. Like I was maybe four years old. My brother was like six or seven. <laughs> so I was like 15 and my brother was 17. <laughs> no, so I was like four years old, right? And me and my brother are taking a bath together. And like I... I've always been the type that, like, if I'm not the center of attention, I'll, like, I got to do something to be the center of attention. I've always just been built that way. I'm, like, if people aren't paying attention to me, I'm, like, look what I can do. You know, like, look at me. <laughs> um, and so, like, I don't know how in a bath with just me and my older brother, Josh, I wasn't the center of attention. But because I wasn't, I decided to stand up and start dancing, <laughs> which is, like, the closest. Never mind. I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> you already think I'm weird because I was bathing with my brother, but I was four, bro. I was four. I was four years old. Leave it alone. So then in the middle, dude, it get, the problem with this story is it gets so much worse, dude. It gets so much worse. In the middle of me dancing in the bath with my brother, um, <laughs> my brother gets so aggravated. He's like, sit down, dude. I'm like, no, you know, he's like, sit down, dude. I'm like, no. He's like, sit down. I'm tired of looking at your face. And I was like, no. <laughs> he's like, nope, I'm dancing. I'm having a good old time. And my brother's like, Ugh. and then he just kicks my feet. But we're in the bath. So he kicks my feet and I fall and I smack my head on the fountain, like the, what, the fountain, is that be called? Boom! I smacked my head on the fountain. I, have, I can't remember which eye it is, but one of these eye sockets has a scar on it from where I hit my head on the fountain. And I just started bleeding everywhere. So the bath immediately gets filled with blood, right? So I'm screaming, bro. I'm dancing, kick, boom. Ah! My mom comes running, bro, running up the hallway. And... Uh, this is something that, like, crosses all cultures, right? I grew up also getting whooped. So my mom, anybody else's mom, like, an expert at this, she'll investigate the scenario while hitting whoever is seemingly responsible. So my mom is whooping my naked brother, bah, bah, trying to figure out if I'm okay. She swoops me out of the bathtub, well, the bloody bathtub and throws like a towel on my head figuring all this out and then she puts like butterfly stitches on my eye all this at the end of this whole charade um I don't know why I kicked my leg like that when I said charade um everybody say charade I know y'all wanted to say it at the end of this whole charade my mom is like Corey why were you dancing in the bathtub why not? You know, I don't know. I didn't have an answer. You ever ask, you ever ask why? Like, like when you were a kid and, and your parents told you to do something and you turned around and you asked, why? What did your parents say? Because I said so. Oh, gosh. Nothing, 
like made me more furious than that. When I, my mom and dad asked me to do something, and I said, ugh, but why? Like, I'll do it, but give me the why. Because I said so. Can I tell you, when it comes to some of the things of faith, there is so much deeper, deeper of a response than because I said so. So everybody say why. Two points tonight. Why do we pray? Why do we pray? Like, why is prayer such a fundamental piece of our faith? Dude, I could take this whole series to just answer that one question. I could take all month to talk about why we pray. We pray because it is a privilege to talk to God. We pray because Jesus said, when you pray, not if you pray. We pray because it recalibrates our focus and our hearts and our minds. We pray because it refreshes our soul. We pray because prayer changes things. Somebody say amen. Don't leave me up on the stage all by myself. I already told you I was dancing naked in front of my brother and I fell and I hit my head, bro. Help me out tonight. Prayer changes things. Prayer, prayer still works. You can't tell me that prayer doesn't work. Amber's cousin, Vanessa, her her son, Kai, who's like, what was that? If your cousin, your cousin's kid is your second cousin, but he's more like a nephew to us. This kid's how old's Kai? Kai's seven years old. Some of you guys know Kai because you've been praying for Kai. Kai had cancer. Yesterday, did we get the report yesterday? Yesterday he got the response from his doctor that his doctor said, and I quote, Kai is healed and he's cancer free. The doctor did not say all the treatments worked and things seem to be checking out. He said, Kai is cured and he's cancer free. I've prayed for people who had cancer and don't have cancer and they didn't do chemo. I prayed for people who have broken arms and they got healed. I prayed for people who were far away from God and by a miracle they came to God. I prayed for situations and scenarios where God came through. I prayed for provision and seen God bring blessing that didn't make any sense. We pray because prayer changes things. I believe that with all of my heart. I will forever be the guy who banks on prayer. Because James chapter 5 verse 16, it says, confess your sins to each other and pray. Somebody say pray. And pray for each other. Why do we pray for each other? So that you may be healed. Because the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Prayer changes things. One more time. Somebody say amen. I'm going to take a sip of my tea. I love this. C.S. Lewis says this. I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I love this. It doesn't change God. It changes me. So why do we pray? Three things. This is not a comprehensive study. It's just some of the things that God put on my heart to share with you. Why do we pray? Number one, it's how we get close to God. Number one, write that down. If you're taking notes, why do we pray? Because it's how we get close to God. James 4, 8 says, come close to God and God will come close to you. The foundation of any relationship, especially a strong relationship, is communication. When the communication breaks down, the relationship breaks down. So it is with God. Imagine this. All the ladies say, hey. Here's, a di- here's, one, of the biggest, here's one of the biggest differences between guys and girls. All the guys say, hey. Guys, one of, here's one of the biggest differences between you and ladies. The ladies in this room 
are already planning their wedding. <laughs> they know, like, some of these girls know their color combo already, dude. They are already testing out the, the angles of the photos at their, like, shoot and everything. The guys in this room, bro, we're going to put together the outfit the day before. <laughs> you know, like, it's just is what it is, right? But, like, ladies, ladies, help me out with this. Imagine this. Imagine 14 years ago, I marry the love of my life, Amber. I say my vows, and then from there on out, I talk to her once a week. Ladies, will that work? For all the gentlemen in the room, ladies, will that work? That won't work if you are a sophomore boyfriend and girlfriend. But we think that that's going to work with our relationship with God? Can I ask you, can I ask you? Do you feel distant from God? Do you feel like your current faith and relationship with God is kind of weak right now? Dude, that's okay. I'm not here to like pass any amount of judgment on anybody. But if that's what you're feeling, I would venture to guess that your prayer life is lacking. Because it's really hard to be distant from somebody and feel like the relationship is so weak when you talk to them every day. Can I tell you? I talk to my wife every day. This is like one of the relationships in the world where the roles are reversed. Like I'm the expander, she's the condenser. Like I, I stop talking when necessary, she starts talking when necessary. But we talk every day, we communicate every day. We talk about the important stuff, the kind of important stuff, the not important stuff. We talk about everything. And so it should be with God. We should talk to God about everything. People... I tell you, I like, you guys know, I always, I, I pray for the Raiders because God, we need it. Like, here's the one time you'll hear me say this, bro, the Raiders suck. We've been, we've been terrible for a decade, dude. <laughs> like, if any team, if Chargers, you guys, uh, this is the one time you're going to hear me say this, Chargers fan. You guys got a good team, bro. Your team's so good. You got to fire some coaches, bro. Stop recording, Jess. <laughs> you got to fire some coaches, bro. But people will make fun of me for like, 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 Praying for the Raiders. Can I tell you, people have been actually mad. People have been, they, I've got emails about, Corey, you praying for the Raiders? Did you be, you just, you're making light of prayer. You're making prayers as something that's, you know, a joke. I'm like, it's not a joke. I, when I tell you, bro, I pray about everything. I pray about everything, dude. You should pray about everything. Why? Because prayer brings us close to God. It's how we get closer. Can I tell you that prayer should be so much more relational than it should be religious? Some of y'all didn't know that. Some of y'all, when you read the Lord's Prayer when you were a kid, you heard the, the New King James Version. That sounds really, I love it because it sounds so poetic. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It sounds like so poetic and I, I, I love it. But some of you, you confused the old language with ritualistic religion. Prayer is just talking to God. This is why verse 7, it says, don't just babble on with religious repetition. So one more time I'll ask, do you feel distant from God? Do you feel like your faith is weak right now? I would venture to say that your prayer life's probably lacking. We pray because it brings us close to God. Number two, why do we pray? We pray because we need it. Look at your neighbor say, you need it. Look at your other neighbor, the one you, you chose second, say, you definitely need it. Dude, I don't know. I'm going to roll up the sleeves for this one, bro. 
I don't know about you, but I need prayer. Can I have like a moment of vulnerability with you students? Dude, if you are a prayer, 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 if you are a praying person, if you're a praying person, would you do me a favor? Would you add mine and my wife's name to your prayer list? Would you pray for me? Like, if you're not praying for your pastors, would you pray for your pastors? Because I'm telling you, bro, I need it. Dude, I need God's wisdom. I need God's direction. I need God's strength. I need God's provision and blessing. I need God every moment of every day. Why do we pray? We pray because we need God. We need prayer, dude. Like, like I think that for a Christian, a day without praying is like an hour without breathing. You ain't going to make it. Philippians 4.19, it says, God will meet all of your needs. Somebody say needs. Look at your neighbor and say, you needy. God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. God is the one who meets those needs. And prayer is a reminder that God is our provider. Prayer is a reminder that God is our provider. See, so often we have a need and we turn to all of these other things to meet our needs. But when we turn to prayer first, it reminds us God's my real provider. I didn't, even, I didn't even plan to go here to talk about this, but, but that's why I tithe. If you guys are new to church and you heard the moment where I think, Brittany, you talked about giving tonight. We have a giving station at the back just right of the exit doors. And, and we are a church that believes in the concept of the tithe, which means that um, we give all of the first 10% of our income and our increase, we give it to the local storehouse, to God, which comes in the form of our local church. And there's so many people who will, like, have such a problem with that. But for me, you know every uh, 15th and last of, of the month, like 15th and 30th or 15th and 31st, when we get paid, the first 10%, immediately, immediately the first 10%, we tithe. We give to, we give to the church. Why? Does God need my money? No way. But the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. If you're in this room, and, and look, I'll, I'll, I'm going to tell you right now, don't give any money to the church. It's fine. It is fine. Don't give any money to the church. You get, giving any money to the church will not get you into heaven. You could never give a penny to the kingdom and still get into heaven, right? But here's what giving does. Giving reminds me every 15th and last of the month, it reminds me my paycheck is not my provider. God is my provider. Like years ago, when we were all locked down in our homes, the government was like, oh, here's the, how much was the stimulus check? 1,200 bucks? Bro, 1,200 bucks didn't cover a month's rent for me, dude. Like, not even a month. And the, and the government was like, hey, dude, this, this, one, this like online stream's definitely getting removed by, by YouTube. The government was over here like, oh, we're going to give you $1,200. And I'm over here like, first off, you're not giving me anything. I pay taxes. You're just giving my money right back to me, all right? Like, first off. And I was like, second off. I don't need a stimulus check from you because God is my provider. I'm not going to go and pay my taxes first and my tithe second because when the whole world hits the fan, 
Do I think that the government's going to take care of me? Heck no, baby. God is going to take care of me. That's why the first thing that I do with everything that I have is I give it back to God, whether that's my money or my words, my prayer. I turn to God first. What does prayer do for you? Prayer reminds you that God is your provider. Why do we pray? Because we need it. Do you have, do you have something in your life? Because some of us, like, like our nephew Kai, he needed prayer. And God answered. And he showed up. And one of my favorite things about being a youth pastor is getting to walk the real and sometimes tough seasons of life that many of you are walking through. And I know some of your stories and what you're walking through right now. And some of you are walking through real stuff that's really hard. And many of us, we need God to come through. I want to say something that's a strong statement and I don't need, I, I don't mean it to be insensitive, but I just need to say it how I wrote it. If you're not praying about it, you don't really care. Now, that works for all of us Christians, right? If, if you're not a person of faith, if, if, if you wouldn't be someone that calls themselves a Christian and you're in this room, first off, thank you for coming and hanging out with us. Seriously, like, you don't have to believe to belong here. Um, we just value that you're here in the room. And if you're in the room, then you're family, okay? So, like, maybe you're not a praying person yet. But if you're a person of faith, you believe in God, you believe in the Bible, you believe in Jesus, and you're not praying about it, you honestly, you just don't really care. Because praying is about the easiest thing you can do for a situation, but it's also one of the most powerful and effective things you can do for a situation. So if you have a need, can I encourage you, put it on your phone's background, like write it on your mirror, put it everywhere that you'll see it, and constantly prioritize praying for that thing because prayer is powerful. Amen? All right, the third reason we pray, we pray because it builds muscle memory. Muscle memory. Um, Philippians 4 and verse uh, six and seven says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience the peace, God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. All right, so, Evander, you got that football? Here, throw me that football real quick. I'm holding a mic, so I'm gonna have to Odell Beckham Jr. this. Ooh, Come on, baby. I'm not going to lie, bro. I am so impressed that I did that because this football is very, very pumped. It's not flat at all. Um, so here's the thing. I'm going to throw it back to you, Amanda. Get ready. Here's the thing. Not a great throw. Um, Amanda, throw it back to me. Okay, you see how Evander didn't think twice. Wait, where's a uh... – oh, I don't think I see it. Lennon, are you here? Oh, there you are, Lennon. Hey, can you come right here, Lennon? Come down here, buddy. Ugh. Here it comes, Lennon. Len, uh, Evander, you come right here. I have a microphone. This will be easier if you're here. Lennon, throw, throw the ball to Evander. That's a throw. Throw it, back to, throw it back to Lennon. Throw it back to Evander. Earlier I saw, <laughs> I was going to sit on the stage for this one. You guys can just keep throwing it back and forth while I talk right now. Um, earlier I saw uh, Gio Brahandes out front throwing the football, and it was wobbly as heck, bro. Where are you, Gio? I love you so much. You're a lot of things. A quarterback's not one of them, dude. <laughs> but neither one of these kids, did I tell either one of them, Lennon or Evander, did I tell them how to throw this football? And both of them are just throwing it back and forth with these perfect, good-looking spirals. And neither of them have dropped the ball yet. You know why both of them are throwing it perfectly? It's because both of them are quarterbacks. They both play football. So they're not thinking about throwing the ball. What they're doing is they're reverting to muscle memory. Let me see that real quick, uh, Lennon. 
I can't tell you how often, or just, just do what you, uh, what you do walking around your house. What do you do when you have the, the football in your hand? You're just walking around. What do you do? Let me see it. I see him doing this all the time. Then what's that other thing you do? When you're like pretending to throw the ball. You're like, it's like you're getting ready to, boom. Yeah, and he just does, dude, he'll, he'll be watching TV and he'll just do it for an hour straight, dude. It's so funny. But you know what he's doing? He's building muscle memory. Throw it back to Lennon. Lennon, do you have like a, do you have like a warm-up type thing that you go to where you can't throw a ball because you're in the house or something, but you just do it like hanging out, just doing that? A thousand times a day, dude. Look out for, look out for Lennon also Brooks one day, dude. This guy's going to play for Michigan, huh? But like not when they're cheating and everything. Hey, give it up for Lennon and Evander. You can throw it back to Evander. He'll take it. Um, oh, you know what? Uh, two seconds. This is like the worst preaching etiquette ever, but I'm going to grab. Uh, I'm back. Um, uh, uh, there we go. Here's. Imagine if I uh, preach the whole message like this. So listen, you guys, God is so good. We need to praise him in every single thing. <laughs> Just do it. Um, uh, John McDonald, where are you? Are you? Tell, is he working security? That's scary. Kai, Kai Dunn, here. Uh, all right, Kai, like stand right there. You're playing the two, I'm playing the one, and you're about, you're, you're like, you're spot up shooting right now, okay? Oh, see, wait, wait, what are you doing? You're spot up shooting right now. All right, ready? Muscle memory, bro. You're spot up, that's, this ball is super flat because like years ago, dude, this like, oh, I might cry. <laughs> a few years ago, my, uh, some of our students for my birthday, instead of getting me a, uh, instead of giving me a birthday card, they got me a basketball and a bunch of them signed it. So this basketball has been in my office for years. I think you signed it too, Kai. There you are, Kai. Boom. But, but like, you see how Kai just immediately goes into, boom. He's ready. And he's locked. And like, so a few things about shooting that like, because I'm a hooper. I mean, I know when you look at me, immediately the first thing you think. But one of the things about like the best shooters is that they might catch the ball this way, you know, but they'll rotate the ball in such a way where their fingers will just find the seams. And then their middle finger will be right in the center of the ball. And then you tuck your elbow. Was it like 45, 45? You get it up to your, what do they call that? Your uh, shooting pocket. I'm, I'm such a hooper. And then, boom, you follow through. Hand in the cookie jar. Elbow above the eye. But can I tell you when I, when, Kai, you're playing the two. I'm playing the one. Here it comes. You're going to spot up shoot right now. Boom. Kai is not sitting there thinking, find the seams, 45, 45, 45, get it in the, ooh, hand in the cookie jar, elbow before, above your eye. No, it's all muscle memory for him, okay? Uh, hold, my, hold the ball for me till the end of the message, right? Hey, give it up for Kai, the hooper. <laughs> muscle memory is what you've done a thousand times and you don't have to think about it when it's time to do it. There will be moments when your spiritual muscle memory comes into play in your life. And if you've not built the muscle memory of prayer, you will revert to other things. This is why the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4 says, don't worry. Because he knows that the instinct, the proclivities, and the muscle memory of almost all of mankind is to immediately shrink into fear, anxiety, and worry when things go wrong. Last night, 
Amber and I are on our way home from our staff Christmas party. We are one turn from home right here on Marietta Hot Springs, getting ready to turn left on Willow. Now I've just told you the general vicinity of where I live, and I'm terrified. <laughs> um, some of you guys saw us on, on Halloween. They're like, hi, Pastor Corey. I'm like, hey, what's up? Now you know where I live. Oh, gosh. <laughs> A few months ago, our car was covered in Post-it notes. The whole neighborhood was furious. The Post-it notes are blowing up the street for days. Um, yesterday, we, we go, we celebrate. It's a, it's a, I mean, it was an amazing night. We just are hanging out with our pastors, our staff, celebrating all that God's done in our church over the last year. Um, we're on our way home. We're one turn from home, and we come up on a scene. There's one car parked in the middle of the road with their hazards on, and I'm pulling up behind them, and I see somebody laying face down in the middle of the road. So I jump out of the car, I turn on the, the hazards, and I run up the road to find a homeless man laying face down in the road. He's been hit by a car because he was standing on the center divider, and he stepped into the street, and a car hit him. Immediately, my first, the first thing I do is I'm already praying right away. God, in Jesus' name, bring peace to this situation and show me what I need to do. So God immediately shows me. Ask if someone's called 911. Anybody on the phone with 911? Two people are already on the phone with 911. One was a teenage girl. So then, God, what do I do next? What do I do? See if he's conscious. So I kneel down next to him, and I start yelling in his ear. And I've been in a couple moments like this where someone had head trauma, and they were unconscious. And one of the things that you need to try to do is figure out if there's any consciousness. So I'm yelling to the guy, hey, buddy, can you hear me? Are you awake? Can you hear me? Can you hear my voice? Can you hear my voice? The teenage girl who's on the phone with 911 asks, um, she says they're asking if he's breathing. So I very lightly and very softly put my hand on his back to feel that. To the best of what I could feel, he was not breathing. I said, I don't think he's breathing. I don't feel, I don't, I don't feel him breathing at all. So she says, oh, we don't know. We can't tell. It doesn't seem like he's breathing. So I'm asking God, what, what next? Now, there's nothing that I can do other than out loud, now surrounded by probably 10 or 12 people, I just pray, God, in Jesus' name, bring life to his body and bring air to his lungs. And 20 seconds later, the girl standing behind me says, look at his stomach. He's breathing. I tell the girl at 911, he's breathing. Let them know he's breathing. They say, she says, hey, he's breathing. I said, ask them if I should flip him over and do CPR. I don't know how to do CPR, but I was like, I've seen enough movies, bro. Like, I'll just, I don't know. I say, ask, ask them if I should do CPR. And the girl on the phone says, do, do you want, there's a gentleman here. He's asking, do you want to do CPR? And, and she says, he, they say, no, don't move him. Don't move him unless he's not breathing or he's in danger of getting hit by a car. I said, okay. So, so we leave him, and I just, with my hand on his back, I continue to just very softly on his back, I just continue to pray, God, heal him. God, touch him. Continue to help him to breathe. Bring air to his lungs. When I walked into that situation, there was panic and anxiety and nobody was even close to this guy. There were two people on the phone with, the, at that time, one person on the phone with 911. And this is not about me. This is about the spirit of God at work. As soon as a man of faith walked in the scenario and began to pray, the entire atmosphere changed. And they took, they took away a man who was breathing, not a man who was not breathing. When, when the things of life come face to face with you, what will your muscle memory be? If you have not prayed a thousand times, 
you will do what everybody else does and just revert to worry, fear, anxiety, panic. But if you are a person of faith and prayer, you walk into those situations and scenarios and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm not just talking about emergency situations. I'm talking about the dark seasons of life as well. I'm talking about that first time that you would get heartbroken in the seventh grade because that boy broke up with you because he loves Fortnite more than he loves you. And like, do we all laugh at that? Except for there's a lot of girls in this room who remember being the heartbroken seventh grader. And the muscle memory that you had in the seventh grade was not prayer. The muscle memory you had was gossip and drama and toxic friends. And you turned to all of those things and made everything worse. Boys, like, when you don't have the muscle memory of prayer, the moment that guy gets in your face and starts threatening you or talking trash, your muscle memory is anger. And before you know it, you're swinging before you're thinking. I grew up in the hood too, bro. Like, I get it. Temecula is also not the hood, just for the record. <laughs> Murtech, bro. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're ruining your life in more ways than one. But when your muscle memory is prayer, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guards your heart and your mind. And then all of a sudden, you're making calculated decisions while everybody else is in a whirlwind of panic, distress, depression. They've turned to everything that just makes matters worse, including drugs, alcohol, self-harm, you name it. This is why prayer is so important. Why do we pray? Because it trains our muscle memory. Tonight, last point as the band heads up and I start closing down. We talked about why we pray and why is so important. Can I tell you, we don't serve a God who says, do what I say, pray. And when we say why, he goes, because I said. Now, I'll tell you this. I've served God long enough that if God ever says, because I said, I'm just going to do it. Because I trust him so much. But God lays out so many places why we should pray. Let's talk for just a couple minutes as we wind this thing down about how we do, how do we pray? How do we pray? We talked about why. Let's talk about how. Everybody say how. Um, how do you spell pray? One more time. How do you spell pray? All, all month, not only is this series title an acronym, every single week of this series, we're going to give you an acronym. And tonight the acronym is pray. And this is how you pray. P-R-A-Y. You praise, repent, ask, yield. If you didn't catch those, you note takers that I love so much, I'm going to walk them through with you right now. You praise. And you see all of these in the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer starts with, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know what that means? Like in our version of speech, God, you are awesome. God, your name is holy. Your name is the name above every other name. You are amazing, God. You know what praise is? Praise is telling God how amazing he is. It's telling him who he is to you. So often, my, my, my praise will be, God, you are my perfect father. You are my protector. You are my provider. You are my healing. You're my everything. Praise is telling God who he is to you. 
It's telling God how amazing he is and telling God how thankful you are. If your praise is shallow, it's probably because you don't know God very well. And that's okay. That's okay. Maybe the, the limit of your praise right now is, God, you're awesome and I love you. God, you're awesome and I love you. Can I tell you, that pleases God's heart. God is so stoked. He's so pumped to hear you pray like that, saying, God, you are awesome and I love you. And what will happen is your praise will grow as your prayers grow. R, it stands for repent. In the Lord's prayer, it says, forgive us. Can I tell you, we always need forgiveness. Somebody say amen. Anybody else thankful that God never runs dry on forgiveness? Because I don't know about you, but I mess up all the time, dude. And I constantly need God's forgiveness. So we forgive, and there's certain forgiveness that only God can give us. So we take moments to repent. Repent is, repenting is, God, I'm sorry. I messed up. I'm going to turn from that mistake and I'm going to follow you. That's repentance. And we take time to do that. Also, what we do is we, we ask God. We, we bring our request to him. It says, give us this day our daily bread. It's talking about our basic needs. This is where 99% of Christians spend 99% of their prayer time. It's just asking God for things. And that's okay, but like it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be all of our prayer life, but it should be a part of our prayer life. And we should ask God for things. I love this verse in James 4, verse 2 and 3. It says, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. I love this because this shakes up all of your stupid little religious preconceptions of what prayer should be. All of you guys, so many of you, here's what your prayers look like. Dear God, our Father art in heaven, would you bring peace to the globe and, Lord, help everybody in the world? And that's awesome, dude. That's so cool. And you should pray about that stuff. You totally should. Like, you should pray about that stuff before all these other prayers. But at some point, you should also get very personal with your prayers and pray things like what I'm praying right now. God, I really want a house to live in with my wife. And God, I, I, uh, I might be balling, but you know, God, I'm balling on a budget. <laughs> I'm working that youth pastor's salary, baby. And California's crazy, God. And, and like, I'm gonna have to sell my left leg to buy a house in this state, God. But I know you're a miracle worker. And I know you're a provider. And God, you gave Elijah food through ravens. Birds brought him food when he lived at a creek. So I don't know. I just think that you can maybe bring me a really good deal on a house that's as close to our church as possible because I practically live here. God, I really want that. And if it's in your will, would you bless me with it? What do you want? Do you have wants? Do you have, want, do you have desires? Do you have dreams? You know God wants you to ask him for those things? Dude, let's pray for the world. Let's pray for, let's pray for God's peace in the globe and for our friends and family who need to come to the Lord and the people who are sick and in the hospital and they need healing. Let's pray for all that stuff. But God's telling you he wants to hear the things you want to. And you act like God doesn't know. God knows everything. He sees your heart. And James says, you have not because you don't ask God for it. It goes on and it gives a little bit of parameters. It says, 
But even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong and you only want what will give you pleasure. So like, check your heart, you know, God, if this isn't something I should want or I should have, then God shift that in me. God, I'm just gonna bring this before you and ask you for it. God wants you to do that. And then why? Why stands for yield. How many people in this room you drive? Not drive me crazy, just drive. <laughs> um, you know, you know what it is to yield then. Anybody who doesn't drive, there's these signs that that they mean to yield. And to yield is like, like if I'm driving and, and you're driving, what's your name, sweetie? Carolyn, if I'm driving and Carolyn's driving and I have a yield sign and Carolyn comes up and I come up, I have to wait on Carolyn. I have to sit here and like, okay, so you move first. You go first. Once you've moved, then I'll move. You know what yielding is? Yield is God. I'm going to... You move first, God, and I'm not moving until you do. This is how God speaks to me. Um, he might not speak to you like this. That's okay. God speaks to me like this, especially when it comes to yielding. For me, God's like, hey, shut up and let me talk. Because if you haven't noticed, it's kind of a challenge for me to just shut up every now and again. Amber just said amen. No, she didn't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yielding is God like, I've talked long enough and I want to hear from you. Um, one of my favorite books in all of the Bible is the book of Psalms. Psalms is around, uh, right about smack dab in the middle of your Bible. And Psalms, they're really, they're really prayers in song form. And if you've ever read through the book of Psalms, you might have seen this word um, called selah, S-E-L-A-H. And a lot of times, if you don't know, you'll just read selah, and then you'll just keep on reading. But the word selah in the original language, it's like an interlude, a pause, or a stopping. Many people... The many Bible scholars, they believe it's a sort of rest in the psalm, the song, or the prayer. It's this. It's like, are you guys on a click right now or are you not on a click? Is there a click in your ears? So everybody, don't play the progression. Everybody just hit the, are you on, can everyone hit the one? Now just hold the one out. Don't play any progression, just the one. That's a selah. That's a rest. I'll go back into the progression. A rest is... Now here's the thing. I've heard it said that God speaks through a whisper. But it's really hard to hear a whisper in a loud environment. But the thing is, is in our day and age... It's really difficult to quiet your environment. It'll take intentionality and discipline. Where, where were we the other day and there was like no music? Oh, oh, it's the, uh, the, the staff Christmas party last night. We were at this Italian restaurant and the music kept going out. And like, it was like a Christmas party that there'd be Christmas music and all of a sudden the music's out and it was like awkward. You ever walked into like a store or something and you're getting ready to shop and there's no music and you just feel awkward? Why is that? Like when I had, when I had the band play the one and we all just sat quietly for a second, I could see 80% of the room starting to do this. You're just getting tense like, oh, he's not saying anything. Nothing's happening. 
we suck at just being quiet and relaxing and quieting our environment. We suck at getting alone. Like this verse says, going to our room and closing the door and getting quiet. We like never do that, dude, ever. And then we go, oh, I'm not hearing from God. No, God is talking to you all the time. You just don't quiet your environment around you enough to hear him. How do we pray? We praise, repent, ask, and heal. So as I close, I want to remind you that prayer should be viewed as a privilege, approached as a priority, and believed to be powerful. And we're going to practice these four things in just a moment. But first, maybe you're here tonight. Tonight you're hearing this message and you had all these preconceived ideas of what God was like. And you thought he was super religious and he was really mad at you for all the mistakes you've made. But now you're hearing that God actually just wants a relationship with you. Did you know he actually sent Jesus Christ, his own son, to die on a cross for our sins so that we can have a relationship with him? So what I'm going to do is in a moment, I'm going to invite you to pray one of the most powerful prayers you could ever pray. So would you do this? Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? If you're here and you would say, yes, Corey, that is, that's me. That is 100% me. And I want to give my life to Jesus. I want a relationship with this God that you're talking about. I want you to include me in on this prayer. If that's you, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to respond in a simple way. I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I want you to just lift your hand. Then you can put it right back down. This is your moment. This is your time. You're not saying yes to, to Corey. You're not saying yes to a, to a church. You're saying yes to a relationship with God and being included on this powerful prayer we're about to pray. If that's you, when I get to three, don't worry what's happening around you. Eyes are closed, head are bowed. This is a public setting, but a private moment. If that's you, you want to give your life to Jesus, start a relationship with God. When I get to three, just put your hand up and right back down. Here we go. One, two, three, go. Man, that's awesome. You can put your hands right back down. All right, we're going to talk to God. We're going to pray. But I know for a lot of you, prayer might be brand new. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the words, and all of us are actually going to pray this. So even if you didn't raise your hand, man, we are, we are a family here at Bridge Youth, and we pray together. So would you, would you just repeat these simple words right after me? There's nothing magical about these words. Just wrap your heart around these words. God will hear your prayer right now. Like, how amazing is this, guys? You're about to talk, and God, the creator of the universe, is going to hear you and respond. Have that in your heart and mind as you repeat these words. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you everything. I repent of my sins and I turn to you. Thank you for receiving me and thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Let's welcome people into God's family right now. Hey, um, don't head to the front, but nobody distracting anybody. Just stand right where you're at. Here's what we're going to do. If I, if I talked to you um, earlier about being a part of this prayer moment, we're going to actually practice what we just preached. We, I just preached. Um, we're going to practice what we just preached. We're going to put into action this right now. So, um, Isaiah, you could come up. Uh, I think, Brittany, you're about to do a prayer moment. Yes, and Dylan, you're going to do a prayer moment. All three of you guys could just go ahead and head up right now. Um, here's what we're going to do, because this is my first challenge. 
Challenge number one. Remember when, uh, this is another difference between guys and girls, okay? When you're a guy and you grow up and your friends say, I dare you. You're like, eh, and then I double dog dare you. You're like, dang it, <laughs> like, I have to do it now. But you could die, dude, but they double dog dared me. I have to do this. Um, this is my challenge, my dare to you. I double dog dare you. <laughs> um, I don't know why I went all country when I double dog dared you out there. <laughs> I double dog dare you, yeehaw. <laughs> country music sucks, calm down. Don't get in an uproar. Uh, I think all of us could set aside two minutes a day to pray. So here's my challenge, and we're going to walk it out together for the first time tonight. I want to challenge you. Tonight, we're going to do it right now. Tomorrow, all week, moving forward, take two minutes to walk out P-R-A-Y. Okay? 30 seconds each. So for 30 seconds... I want you every day to just praise God. God, you're so good. You're so awesome. You're so amazing. For 30 seconds, repent. God, even if, this is, I, this is one of the ways I repent all the time. God, I know that I'm so jacked up that I probably sinned today in ways that I didn't even realize. So God, help me with that. Help me turn from that. God, make me a better man. Help me to follow you better. And then 30 seconds, ask God for stuff. God, um, this family member needs healing. God, that family member uh, needs breakthrough. God, would you provide? Would you, whatever it might be. God, here's some of my wants, my desires, my dreams. If it's your will, would you bless me with those things? And then 30 seconds, just yield, quietly sit in God's presence. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna, we're gonna practice this right now. Now I know for some of you, this is tough because you're brand new to pray. So what we've done is we have, we have, uh, graphics that are going to go on the screen that are actually going to have what I, I like to call, um, I think we have these, yes. Do you have the praise one? Is that Joseph? Do you have the praise one? Can you throw the praise one up for me? Awesome. So you see the word praise, and, and Isaiah is going to lead us in 30 seconds of praise. Now, now, when he leads us, I don't want a silent room for 30 seconds. Out loud, let's just praise God. You don't have to scream at the top of your lungs. You don't got to go crazy and stuff, but just out loud, just praise God. God out loud. And some of you are like, I don't, I've never done that, dude. Okay, what we've given you right there are two what I call kickstart statements. God, I praise you because you are my, here's one of the first ones I always said because I grew up with daddy issues. God, you're my perfect father. God, you're, you are my safe space and place. God, you're my protector and provider. Maybe yours is God, I just want to thank you for, I, I was walking, I, I walk a lap around the church every day and I pray and I was looking over the valley as the sun was setting and I caught myself taking a deep breath as I listened to Hymn of Heaven by Phil Wickham, which if you've not heard that song, it's amazing. And I took a deep breath and I just said, God, thank you for the air in my lungs. What are you thankful? Like, just take time, God, I thank you for my health. Maybe you've got people around you right now that are some of the best friends you've ever had in your life and you want to thank God for them. Maybe God's provided for you. We all have stuff to be thankful for. Those two statements, they're like kickstart statements. So can I invite you to do this? Isaiah's going to lead us in just a moment and then I'm going to step us in the next moment. Would you do this? Just close your eyes. Would you put your hands right out in front of you? I'm going to count to three. When we get to three, Isaiah's going to lead us and all of us right out loud. Let's just praise God. Here we go. One, two, three. God, we thank you for who you are and for who, what you've blessed us with, God. Not just what we see, but God, everything you do behind the scenes, God. We thank you for all that you are and all that 
um, just for all your love, God. Even when we're sinners, you still love us. You still have the best plans for us, better plans than we could even have for ourselves, God. God, we thank you for dying on the cross so that we can spend eternity with you when we don't even deserve it. God, I, I thank you just for prayer, God. We have this direct access to you to deepen this relationship with you so that we can talk to you about anything that's going on in our lives, whether it's the good or the bad, God, that you're always there to listen to us and hear everything, God. God, we thank you just for just who you are truly, just that you're a loving God. God, that we don't have to be perfect to come to you. God, that you're someone who we could come to with all our brokenness and all our struggles and everything that we can't do on our own. God, you're always there for us. God, we thank you that we could praise you even in the um, darkest parts of our lives. That God, praise is something that could give us hope, God. We are able to look to the things that you've done for us and the things that you've done for others and know that we could hope in you and put our trust in you, God, because you have good plans for us, God. We could look to you, um, when there's no light around us, God, you are the light. You are going to be the thing that illuminates our footsteps to get closer to you, God. We thank you for all that you are and all that you're going to do for us in this life, God, and everything that you're going to do for us in eternity. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can we just give God praise in this place? God, you're so good. We love you. We honor you. We bless you, God. All right, now I know it's lake day, but here's, here's what we're going to do. Um, Brittany's getting ready to lead us into a moment of repentance. So I want to invite you to do is either turn around and kneel at your seat or sit down at your seat and in a sign of reverence, bow your head before the Lord as we just repent. Here's some kickstart statements for you with repentance. God, I'm sorry for, and you don't, look, you don't have to share these things with us. God hears you. God, I'm sorry for, you fill in the blank. So God, would you forgive me? God, help me turn from my sin. So right there where you're at, and you can either sit in your seat and just posture your body or turn around and kneel at your, at your seat as Brittany leads us about 30 seconds in a prayer of repentance. God, I thank you so much for Jesus. God, I thank you that although we're not perfect and we make mistakes countless times, God, Jesus is that perfect and ultimate sacrifice. I thank you so much, God, that we don't have to continue feeling like, like we're pathetic or that we have shame on ourselves because we sin. God, I thank you so much that God, that Jesus just came and he just gave us that peace that we can just be forgiven and walk away with that forgiveness. God, I pray that you would help each and every one of us overcome sin in this place, God. I know that we will never be perfect, we'll never stop sinning, God, but I pray that our hearts would be to not intentionally sin. I pray that our hearts would be to turn away from it. God, we don't wanna bring you sadness. We don't wanna grieve the Holy Spirit. So help us, help us God, as we rely on you and on your strength, help us turn away from the things that don't please you, Lord. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all my mistakes, all the ways in which I grieve you. But I just pray that you help us, God. Help us to be fruitful. Help us to be used by you, God, in a way that brings you glory and honor that you deserve. Jesus, I thank you so much that you are the ultimate, the one and only sacrifice that we need to all be forgiven. And that while we were still sinners, you died for us. Thank you for waiting. Thank you for being patient on each and every one of us. Thank you so much for your love that just continues each and every day for us. Thank you that when we wake up, we know who we get to have hand in hand with us walking through our day. God, for those who have strongholds in this room right now, I pray that you would break them. I pray that they would desire that they be broken off of them, God. I pray that you would break those chains of heaviness, of depression, God, of lust. 
God, I pray that you break every chain that we don't even know about that's going on in this room right now, Father. I pray that you would break those chains and that we could walk peacefully with you, Lord, that you would just help us see. And if we're not aware that our sin is destroying us, God, I pray that you would make us aware of those things. Open our eyes, God. We don't wanna be blind to it. We wanna turn away. We wanna do all that pleases you, God. I pray that that would be our heart tonight. Help us to reposition ourselves towards you, Father. Help us walk into that life that you died for. Help us walk into it, Lord. We ask of you, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Right there, you can stand to your feet. Don't move forward yet. We're gonna move into a new moment. But can I just share really quick? Here's, here's one of the ways I love to end my moments of repentance. Because here's what happens for some of you. For some of you, like, as Brittany was praying, you revealed like a shortcoming, sin, something like that, and, and you'll, you'll feel condemnation. This is condemnation, okay? I'm so jacked up. I'm so messed up. I'm disgusting. I'm the worst. I shouldn't pray. I shouldn't lift my hands. I shouldn't come to, I shouldn't even be at church. That's condemnation. You know what, what Jesus said? I have not come to condemn you. I do not condemn you. That's what Jesus said. So this is one of the ways I love ending my moments because I still do this P-R-A-Y all the time. I love ending my moments of repentance like this after having said, God, I turn from my sin. I'm sorry. I repent of my sin. I turn to you and here's how I am. God, thank you so much for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Thank you, God, that you don't run short on forgiveness for me. Thank you, God, that you're patient with me. God, thank you that you never give up on me. When so many other people gave up on me, God, you said you never will give up on me. So thank you for, Jesus, thank you for the cross because you were perfect. You paid a price so that I don't have to be perfect. Thank you for that. So God, I thank you for your grace and I thank you for your mercy and I thank you for your forgiveness because what did I just put all the focus and attention on? God and his forgiveness. Make what Jesus did for you on the cross bigger than what you did. That's the way to end repentance. Here's what we're gonna do as we move into the, to ask because we're gonna, we're gonna worship in a moment and all through this time of worship, we're gonna take time to ask God things, petition him, all of that sort of stuff. And, um, and then after this song, Jordan's gonna lead us in a moment of yielding. When we get to that moment, no, like that's gonna be a holy, reverent moment. Do not distract any people around you. Press into that moment. Watch what God will do. For some of you, God's gonna speak to you for the first time when Jordan leads us in that moment. You've not heard, you've not experienced the voice of God like you will tonight if you press into this moment. But here's how I wanna invite you into this moment. Um, all over this place, why don't you start heading down to the front right now. If you have requests from God, things you wanna ask him, you already know what they are start heading to the prayer stations. We got prayer teams who are ready to pray for you right there. You got prayer teams there all through this next song. If you wanna go to the prayer stations, you can go at any time, okay? Anytime you could go and uh, go to the prayer stations and get prayer. Everybody move forward. Once we're down here, Dylan's gonna lead us in a prayer, okay? Don't be distracting anybody. Stay focused, stay pressed into this moment. If you're kinda down front, move forward just a little bit to make room for the people right behind you to get up here as well. Hey, through this whole song, if you guys, if there's a moment where something comes to mind, whether it's, whether it's something you're asking God for yourself or maybe it's something you're petitioning for somebody else, these prayer stations are gonna be open, okay? Even before you head to the prayer station, um, 
if you have any need and you want to bring that need to God right now, just so Dylan knows who he's about to pray for. You got a need in your life. You need God to show up. Would you just raise a hand right now? You got a need in your life, something you want to ask God for. Okay, cool. Right after we pray this and he says amen, let's go into worship, right? God, we thank you for every single person in this room. God, we thank you for the people out in the prayer station. God, the people who raise their hands, God, that have a need. God, I just pray that we're so grateful and honored that you meet us at our needs, God. God, that you take care of us, Lord Jesus. God, that you... You are our ultimate source, God. You are our ultimate provider, God, that we can come to you humbly with all our, our requests and all of our needs, whether it's mental, God, whether we need mental healing, physical healing, we need family members to be healed, God, we need financial provision, whatever it might be, God, fill in the blank of what your need is, God. We give it all to you, God, and we know you show up, God, and you, we know you're a provider, and you know you and we know you care for your people, God. God, meet us, Lord Jesus. God, meet those needs in a miraculous way, God, that the world may tell us that it's impossible God but God we know that you do the impossible God God you are a miracle worker God you do things that no one else could ever comprehend God we put our full faith and our full trust in you as our provider and as our source Lord Jesus thank you we honor you in Jesus name amen
So as Pastor Corey was preaching, right, we talked about pray, praise. We talked about R, repent, A, ask. And now we're at Y, which is yield. And the way that I've always thought about yield is if I'm asking God for things, right, I just came out of this, this section of asking him for A. I'm not gonna be able to hear if he's answering those requests if I keep talking, right? I need to stop and I need to pause and I need to wait and I need to receive. But it takes boldness and it takes courage to be quiet. Because in our quietness, at least for me, is the moment where the enemy will try to creep in the most, is when I stop talking and I sit and I'm quiet and my brain is just waiting, right? In that moment is when doubt, condemnation, right, comes from the enemy. It comes in this moment. So right here, right now, we're gonna enter into a time of yield where we're gonna be quiet. We're gonna wait and we're gonna receive. We're gonna ask God to speak to us. But before we go into this right now, I need you to take a look around yourself. If there's a person around you that is going to distract you from this moment, I encourage you to walk away. I encourage you to find a place in this room that you can be quiet and that you can focus on what God is trying to speak to you. This can take the form in whatever it needs to look like. If you wanna get down on your knees again, you can. If you need to sit in a, in a seat, you can. If you wanna stay right where you're at, you can. But right now I want every single person in this room to close their eyes and put their hands out right in front of them, ready to receive from God. We have praised him for who he is. We have repented of our sins. We have asked him for the things that we need and that we want in our life. But now we're gonna sit and we're gonna wait and we're gonna receive from him. So for 30 seconds, I want this room to be as silent as possible. The band is gonna keep playing underneath, but nobody distracting anybody from their moment with God. Take 30 seconds.
Youth, I encourage you over the course of this next song. Our prayer stations are still open. If you still want to go receive prayer with our leaders, they're ready to pray with you. But I encourage you to stay in this moment of receiving as we go through this next song. Blessed assurance, Jesus is my. start with us. Jesus, we praise you because you're good, that you're constant, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus. We thank you for answering our needs. And I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, 
because it's helping us build these foundational things that we have conversations about. How do we get close to God? How do we connect with God? How do we experience God? The first thing is we need to learn how to pray. And so I wanna encourage you to be here all month for this series because this is pivotal for your walk with God. This is so important. And so tonight we talked about why we pray, how we pray. Now, when are you gonna pray? Not just Wednesdays, not just Sundays. Yes, on Wednesdays and Sundays. But what about Thursday, Friday, Saturday? What about Monday, Tuesday? So I want you to pull out your phone right now. If you don't have a phone, I want you to write this down and I want you to tell somebody for accountability, this is the time I'm gonna pray. I want you to pull out, for me, I would pull out my alarms and I would put it every day for a morning time, probably, you guys, if you're a morning person, run it. I do like maybe seven. I like the morning. It's okay if you don't like the morning. You don't have to like the morning. If you like the evening, pick a time where you're not going to be running around distracted. If it needs to be a little bit later, like eight o'clock, nine o'clock, while you're kind of winding down or whatever that looks like for you, a time where it's going to remind you to pray. I want to challenge you. Let's not just talk about praying. Let's not just learn about pray, praying. Yes, those are good things. Let's talk about it. Let's learn about it. But let's actually do it. And you don't have to do it alone. We're going to do it as a community, as Bridge Youth. We're going to come together. We're going to pray. We're going to have moments of prayer each and every day, not just on Sundays and Wednesdays. So I want to challenge you. 
not just to put it in your phone, not just to write it down, but I want you to tell a friend, this is the time that I'm gonna pray because then it gets real. Well, they told me they're gonna pray this time, so I think they're kind of serious. Or hey, you told me you were gonna pray, your alarm just went off, what are you gonna do? I'm hanging out with you, are you gonna pray? Pray together. If you're hanging out with someone in this room and your alarm goes off, pray together. Do a quick prayer, God. Thank you for today, if it's later in the day. God, thank you for what you're gonna do today if it's early in the morning. I mean, it can be a simple prayer, but walk out what we've just walked out with you. Don't let it just stay here. Let's be about it. That's who we are at Rich Youth, we're about it. It's great, uh, you're doing great, babe. You look great while you do it too. Um, here's, I'm thinking like, here's what I'm hoping. Um, it's like he just called his wife hot. Heck yeah, dude, bro. Um, Two minutes a day. Here's what I think is going to happen. So, like, I was just showing some of our girls down here. Like, there's a lot of things to pray about. P-R-A-Y, my personal time prayer. That's not this, but, like, every day in my, um, every single day at 7 p.m., because youth starts at 7. Every day at 7 is pray for Bridge Youth. So every single day, there's times I'm out about doing random things. Every single day at 7 o'clock, I have an alarm that goes off, and I pray for you. Sometimes I'm out and about and I can, I can literally spare 45 seconds to pray. There's times when I'm sitting at home and I'll take five, 10 minutes just to pray for Bridge Youth, right? Put an alarm in your phone to remind you to pray for two minutes. Take 15, se- two minutes. So take 30 seconds. Maybe you can't, maybe it's, maybe it's a minute. Take 15 seconds to praise, 15 seconds to repent, 15 seconds to ask, and 15 seconds to yield. But here's what I know what'll happen. After two or three days, you're gonna do what Amber and I, this team, so many of our leaders, so many in this, so many people in this room, what will happen to you is what happened to us. All of a sudden, you will be like, dude, I cannot contain my praise in 15 seconds. I have more to tell God than that. And all of a sudden, it'll turn to two minutes and you'll take 30 seconds to praise God. And then for some of you guys, it will turn into like, dude, before you know it, you're like, I'm sitting here praising God for five minutes straight not asking him for anything, just like, God, you're amazing. You're awesome, you're, you're trustworthy, you're good, you're my provider. God, when, when everybody else abandoned me, you're always there. You never leave me, you never forsake me. What I'm saying right now is like my praise, my prayer all, all the time. And then you'll see that, that all of a sudden you're taking five minutes to ask God for his forgiveness and five, 10 minutes. What'll happen is if you start building your prayer muscle a minute two minutes it won't be long enough to pray and before you know it your prayer life will get stronger and stronger your relationship with god will get stronger and stronger amen continue on thank you <laughs> good stuff all right now i'm just going to talk to everyone in the room there's some of you that raised your hand when we prayed that prayer to accept jesus and to start walking out this journey with him and that is our hope Because Jesus, what he did was just for the chance that you would choose him, just for the chance. And that means a lot, it means a lot to me. It's changed my life. It's changed a lot of the people in this room, their lives. And like Corey said, you don't have to believe to belong, but our hope is that you would have a genuine experience with God and you would choose what he did for you. Because what he did for us is he laid down his life. And so we don't want you to walk that journey alone. So here, I got some instructions for you. If you're like, okay, I raised my hand. I don't really know what to do next. We got you. 
DM us on Instagram at bridge, YTH underscore, and just say next seven. We're gonna send you some videos, and we're also gonna connect you with a connect group leader that you can connect with on Sundays. If you're not able to be here on Sundays, which you should be here on Sundays, because in connect groups, we're actually gonna talk about this specific thing. We're gonna talk about prayer, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be um, a dialogue. It's gonna be a conversation. And so you don't wanna miss connect groups on Sunday because of that. But we want to connect you with a, a connect group leader so that you know somebody in this room. If you don't have Instagram, I want you to go to our prayer stations after service. Say, hey, I accepted the Lord. They will find a way to, we'll connect with them and make sure they can get, we have a digital copy that we can get to you of the next seven days that will help you walk out the next seven days and give you some structure for it. So, um, yeah, and then you can connect with the leader. So that is our heart at that you would not just be like, I raised my hand, I don't really know what I did. We want you to know what you did, the decision you made. We wanna help you walk that out. Um, and, it, and it means everything to us because that's why we do what we do here. It's just for the chance that you would understand and have that genuine moment with Jesus. So anyways, I can go on and on. Can we just give it up for everyone who made that decision tonight? We are so stoked that you made that decision. All right, Bridge Youth, like I said, do not miss Sundays. We have connect groups. You need to get your butt in the connect group. You need to come on Sunday. Don't be afraid of Sundays. It's all good. Just come. We'll get you in a connect group. We're going to go into one more worship song, so let's go. All right, Bridge Youth, put your hands together like this. Sing it out. Here we go. Choice but to believe. 